Welcome back to the drop-in everyone. We are so excited to have a very special guest joining us this week, Joe Lincoln, to talk all about empowerment and endometriosis. So I'd love to introduce Joe to you all. Joe Lincoln is a holistic wellness coach specializing in endometriosis. She is doing incredible work supporting women and raising awareness around endo, which now affects around one in seven women, although those stats were with women in the 40. 40 year age bracket, but pretty crazy, pretty familiar, pretty, um, yeah, lots of people have it. Hey? <laughs> and then Joe truly is a ray of sunshine to be around and a beacon of hope for many of us navigating this disease. Originally hailing from Tassie, she now calls Sydney home and she herself is a woman living with endometriosis and brings to her work the support she wished she had at the beginning of her journey. After taking control of her own health, she turned to supporting other women to understand their deepest health needs and guide them step by step to reach their wellness goals and move from surviving to thriving. She has been doing this work for the last 10 years, and we are so excited to be in her beautiful energy as she shares her wisdom today to discuss all things empowerment and endometriosis. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you so much, Tanya, and thanks, Aggie. I'm really pleased to be here and really happy to share today. Very excited. Thank you for being here, Jo. Um, I'm really excited to dive into this topic as well. Um, and for those who don't know, um, who are listening, both Tanya and I have been on a bit of an endometriosis journey as well, and we both um, manage our ongoing endometriosis so it's definitely a topic close to our hearts and we're just really excited to kind of dive into the more nitty-gritty um and yeah just understand what it is that your work is day in day out um so like the first question and I think one that is really one that always comes up for Tanya and I when we're talking about this topic is around the language that we use when we are speaking about endometriosis. So, um, you know, things like I have endo, I experience symptoms of endo, I'm an endo survivor, a sufferer of endo. These are all things that we can kind of use in the context of speaking about it. And even in prepping for this conversation, I found myself writing sufferer, um, you know, uh, disease, these kinds of words that kind of have this more negative connotation, if you will. Um, I guess like the question here is how do you find that this language might almost put us into this victim energy or victim mindset um, and is this something that you see in the work that you do with the women that you support day in and day out around language and how helpful or harmful um, it can be in the in the recovery and management of endometriosis. Yeah, I'm, I'm just such an interesting. It's an interesting element of the condition that I think we really need to talk about. And I think I was just thinking when you're talking, then, um, what I guess the groundwork to lay first is that language is powerful. You know, language is really, really powerful and how we use language and how we talk about ourselves and how we talk to ourselves um, and how we, yeah, how we talk about ourselves to others is very powerful. And so I guess that's the first thing I would say. And one thing that I also talk about with my clients is that 
how you speak matters <laughs> and 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 because it, it it your body listens um but also other people are listening and and you are setting up an energy you're setting up a um, an understanding of how you are going to respond even to the condition the condition um and so yeah it's a really it's such an interesting question because there's so many layers because at times there are it is useful to use the word disease when we talk about endometriosis when we need legitimacy around the condition um and other times <laughs> and i think often when we're talking about I, i'm talking about it sort of in the clinical space or in the medical space using that terminology is important because it needs to have that legitimacy but when we are talking about it on a personal basis i don't like to use the word disease as much i like to use the word condition as you probably heard me say mm -hmm. but yeah it's um <laughs> it, yeah it can be really harmful actually um to use the word you know that i'm 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 a like i guess olivia newton john was really quite famous for saying she's a survivor she's a thriver not a survivor and i use that a lot um i know that the endo belly coach over in the uk just stuff and she's a she she started coining that a lot too with endo warriors again there's another word warrior <laughs> yeah. um you know saying that we're thriving we're not surviving you know um so there is this really big piece around it and i think it needs to come early on that we do approach our language and think about how we use our language because it's really how we are thinking isn't it you know Absolutely. Our how we're thinking about the condition and so yeah, I do think that it can be, it just does depend on the context too, whether we need the legitimacy, <laughs> because it is, it is a very complex, very full-on condition, disease, and it needs to be seen as that, and it hasn't been seen as that for a very long time. And so we do need that legitimacy around it, but at the same time, we don't need to own that in terms of be be defeated by it yeah yeah it's almost like we don't need to take on the fact that it is a legitimate disease quote exactly. unquote like it is and it is like we feel it in our bodies exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. and it's, it's funny about like it's like what do we start to believe about ourselves and how do we start to identify as with this disease or this condition on our personality and who we are and it's this it's quite interesting that and I do know that like endometriosis is a very different experience for anyone that has it you know it's scalable everyone's symptoms are change and you know we're not all experiencing the same thing but at the end of the day I love how you're saying language matters how we speak to ourselves matters mm -hmm. and um what do you think as well around saying calling it a disability because I wonder I've heard people use this term disability with their endo and um, sometimes I feel like they're coming at it from this legitimacy place, like this is serious and I need you to see that and I want to be understood and respected. But then other times if we're personally identifying with that, I'm like, is that empowering or does that put, is that a quite defeating language to put on ourselves? Because I feel like we could very quickly start identifying with, I am the, you know, with it um, in a helpful yeah. way. Mm. 
I look, it does come down to the individual. Some of this really does come down to the individual. Mm. If they feel more empowered by by saying, look, I mm. have a disability, therefore I need this, X, Y, and Z, um, and, and they using that language actually allows them to access through to what they need, then I think, great. Um, and I look, I, I mean, as you mentioned, there are varying stages of the disease. Some women are walking around with, you know, they they, they no longer have a bowel that's working for them. Um, and so, you know, they 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 really do suffer, they do suffer a little bit. I don't want to say we can't use those words. That's what I'm, I guess, yeah. I'm across. Um, we do, there is suffering with endometriosis. Um, it is incredibly painful disease. <laughs> and I think like something that's just come up quite a few times as you've been talking, Joe, is this um, idea of being seen and unseen. Um, and it is like, as we know, such an unseen um, condition for so many that I think maybe using that stronger language sometimes does give it that that power of being seen like no this is something I'm experiencing as well mm. um so that's maybe just something I picked up there as you were talking around this kind of idea of like I want to actually bring this to light I don't want to like sit in the shadows of it that's a hundred percent correct yeah exactly and I think because we have sat in the shadows for so long we as as women with endometriosis and people with endometriosis and not being seen and not being and I think the key word coming up that I'll probably use a lot is validated mm. because that's the other area of this you know we're we're reaching for or seeking validation and mm. sometimes to get that you really need to go it is this it is this extreme you know it is a disease you know it is chronic it does make this happen. I am in this amount of pain, you know, and and we know some women have lost their lives to the, the symptoms. So we don't want to, yeah, we don't want it to be a something that people just are frivolous about or take lightly like it has or still does happen. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to be told, oh, it's all in your head or this is, you know, just push through it. I mean, that's that's the exact opposite of what we want. <laughs> in many ways, sorry, in many ways it's almost like the visibility is the visibility is the validation, is the empowerment. It's like I'm showing all of this and that is the coming from a place of personal power of like, we're in an age now where people are telling people about their menstrual cycles and telling people about their women's health issues and what, what they're going through where this has been very hush hush for many, many years. And it's like now even day to day, people are like, no, I'm on my period. I need a sick day. No. Oh yeah. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel a bit moody today. I'm on I'm a bit PMSy. And you know, there's more language, there's more visibility about what women are going through just in their monthly menstrual hormonal cycle. And so mm -hmm. maybe it's like, we're just, um, there's a movement of more greater empowerment through this visibility and speaking about it more and airing it out more yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I do think ultimately that is beneficial. Um, yeah. It is. It really yeah. is. And, 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 yeah, for way too long, women. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the reason it's progressed the disease, I believe. Yeah. 
um, that it was just quite down, you know, we're so behind in, re I mean, the research is catching up now, but we're so behind with the trickle down into our medical system, you know. Um, so, and women have been suffering, and I use that word, <laughs> they have been in that time. So, yes, you're right, Tanya, the actual bringing it to the light has been the empowerment in mm. and of itself, yeah. It's been a big cultural shift. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to kind of add, add to that, sorry, Tanya. Um, I feel like, yes, there has been a shift and maybe like, we sit in those circles of like health and wellness where we see that shift a little bit mm. more. But I also want to like just give a voice to maybe if you're not in those circles, it still is kind of in the shadows at times. And there's a lot of lack of understanding in maybe the day-to-day -day GP system or um, when you go to um, yeah, that kind of almost shutting down of like, as you were saying, Joe, like, don't worry, push through it. That language as well, I think, still yeah. definitely exists. We have um, so I want yeah, we call it the normalization of pain, which comes from families mm. and often the medical system. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to give a voice to that as well as like, that still is happening. And so if you fit into that category, um, you know, there's, there's still work to be done in that regard yeah, mm. uh -huh, yeah there definitely is yeah I, I talk with clients every day who are coming from that space so there is a lot of work to be done but but it is getting better I always yeah. like we like that. to hear that too <laughs> that's good to hear yeah I'd love to like nut in a little further and slightly tangent on this topic but I'm sure you've seen how one's attachment, like our attachment to having a diagnosis can impact us and how it's like, okay, sometimes we're seeking a diagnosis for a long, 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 long time. And finally we might get it and we're like, oh, thank goodness. But then we latch onto it because like, this is what it is. How does our attachment to a, a diagnosis impact the, us, us? And how can pain create a self-perpetuating cycle of victimhood and attachment to that diagnosis? Do you find it to be supportive or dis disempowering for the women that you're working with? When And when do we become too attached to the diagnosis? Yeah, yeah. it's a really good and big question. Um, I think, look, there is, there is, I see it happen. I don't see it so much with my clients because they're actually moving forward and I think that's a key element to the whole sort of picture is yes you may you're right like we get this diagnosis and I have to say I don't know if there's anyone I maybe I don't know if you do but all the women and people I've met with endometriosis when they finally get their diagnosis it's a it's they have feelings of things like validation, relief. You know, there's a lot yes. of positivity around that diagnosis, even though it's a blow too. But we know that something was wrong, really, really not right. And even I'm using wrong and right there, they're value terms. But something is not as it should be. I, I guess that's the right terminology to say around the body. We know our bodies. We know our bodies, you know we intuitively are connected obviously we are our bodies um um we we live in them they speak to us um and so we know our bodies better than anybody else if we just listen in and so there is that yeah definite sort of sense of relief knowing when 
you know, there's validation. I'm not going crazy. A lot of women say that too. A lot of people say that too, is I'm not going crazy. I knew something was wrong. I knew I was, <laughs> I knew it wasn't right. And everyone kept saying to me, oh, it's, you know, nothing's there. Or, you know, it's okay. Or just keep pushing through. That's normal. No, it wasn't normal. And so um, there is that beautiful, and I will say that need for validation there, um, a beautiful validation that happens at that point. But then there is, I guess what I would say is what's important at that point and is for a moving forward, a moving forward. And what is hard for a lot of people with the condition is that they might not know how to move forward or that they've been given ways to move forward that don't make them feel like they are moving forward or they're being pushed into a forward movement that they're not feeling happy with. And so... Um, and, and then this can go on. So past diagnosis, we find that there's a lot of, this is where there, I, I find a lot of trauma, um, not just pre-diagnosis, but post-diagnosis is, you know, they've been going down, trying different things, you know, surgery after surgery, or it could be, you know, hormonal birth control after hormonal birth control, or, you know, some sort of immune modulating drug or, um you know, some kind of, of some quite strong painkillers, but they're just feeling worse. And so, yeah, I think that is a difficult area for the person who has endometriosis. Um, but, yeah, I think the point is when, and I, and, and I have no judgment around this space, I really don't, is when they start to just then, become sort of a victim to the diagnosis. And and I, I guess the a place to see this quite clearly is often on Facebook or Instagram or on social media where we have these sites which are there, which are wonderful for, you know, for community and for, you know, being able to air our frustrations and things like that. But they can become a place of just... Oh, a lot of sadness and a lot of yeah. stuckness, a bit like the disease. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's no movement forward. There's no hope. Um, and, look, I can understand why some women don't and people don't have hope because they, they're looking for it and they're not getting it and they're not moving, feeling like they're moving forward. Um, and so it becomes a place where they just spiral yeah, I think definitely. what's really required of us and asked of us once we have that diagnosis is all on us. Like we have to become the advocate for the moving advocate for moving forward. Like no one is going to hand it to us. Our surgeon isn't going to hand it to us. No. Like the gynecologist, the GP, probably not either. Like we really have to do our own research and be like, I'm going to become the advocate of my health and like yeah. learn. And like, how bullshit is that, that we have to then do all the learning <laughs> to then figure out what to do. <laughs> no, you think... finally get the diagnosis and then you, you realise, hang on, I'm not actually getting that much help here. I think this is where, um, you know, your work is so valuable, Joe. where you can kind of hold people um, through that diagnosis or like, you know, the what you called the moving forward, what comes mm -hmm. next. Um, because, yeah, I think it was for me at least when I had my surgery, you know, you, 
that's where I got my official quote unquote mm-hmm. diagnosis because you know they finally found something and then after that it was just like okay off you go now um so what it's that kind of moment of like okay I've just gone through something like huge in my body yeah. where something has been removed and like now I'm just like left to wade the waters of what comes next so there oh. can be a real feeling of like isolation I would say and maybe that's why these groups like on Facebook and Instagram become so like a clinging on to mm. hope in in a way but it can kind of perpetuate um as something not so not so great as well <laughs> yeah I think it's it's you're right oh gosh yeah it's um I guess it's all about focus um, when we focus on just what is going wrong and not about moving out of that and what we can do to to get better, um, that is when I really see more, I often see more de- sort of damage occurring um, or more disease occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, this Obviously, this is just anecdotal, um, but... And I, I, reaching out to certain women too who are, sometimes I'm, I go onto the group chats that I'm a part of and I reach out because I'm just, oh, it just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. Um, but they're almost, some women, are, they're, they're in a place where they're, it's depression and I think we need to, to, to say this, you know. And it's it's certainly, I, I want to say it's another it's like a a spin-off from a spin-off condition from endometriosis. I talk a lot about co-conditions um, in my program and that's certainly something that we, we look at very closely with endometriosis. But anxiety and depression, depression in particular, I see as a real issue. And, um, yeah, and I think if the focus is just on nothing's working everything's getting worse I'm getting sicker um and this sort of bitterness comes in and you know I've been there I've been there yeah I know that feeling um and it's not a great place Mm. (laughs) and it's certainly not a place where healing can begin um we don't feel safe in that place yeah lots of head nodding on this side (laughs) A big relatable moment for me. I know that that's something that I think I like this idea of co. Did you say co disease? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's um really interesting because for me the the main one was like the pain associated, but then also like the mental health side of things Mm. was so big as well. So there is it's not just one thing that radiates into your body it's like so many like off branches <laughs> no, isn't there it just it just has all these fingers that sort of really we're also we can see <laughs> it just sort of just it gets into all different parts of your life you know your finances your job your relationships you know and just how you feel about yourself you know um, and energy, obviously. So, you know, it's 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 all encompassing. 
Um, yeah, it's so it's so multifaceted. Um, and I love how you, I, I love that you just brought to light that piece on depression. Thanks for saying that, because that's definitely something I went through as well. Post-op, you know, those first kind of that first year post-op is like hard. But I'd love to shift to the can do. You said it's what about yeah. what we can do? Yeah, so <laughs> holistic management of endometriosis really does touch on all areas of our lives and often requires changes to be implemented. Yeah. For people on this journey of healing where seeking answers can sometimes, as we said, become really frustrating and quite disheartening, committing to the lifestyle changes can then often be challenging because we've maybe tried things that haven't worked and now we're being asked to try another thing. Um, and like the sense of conviction and is a little bit maybe not as strong as we would we'd like. So I'd love to know because what Joe does is she works um, with coaching people through endometriosis and you can talk more into that whenever it feels right. But how do you get people to actually show up, get on board and choose to take care of themselves and make the lifestyle changes that support the healing mm -hmm. of the condition from a place of personal power? Yeah, look, yeah, I, and I just love doing it, <laughs> I have to say yeah. that the best coaching is such a beautiful modality to work within when you're working with people with endometriosis because it needs time you need time to listen you need time to be there for for change to occur and i just think people with endometriosis need anyone with a chronic condition needs time as opposed to the 15 minutes max you might get with your gp <laughs> um and again with your specialist surgeon even um so being and, and sort of unraveling the complexity of the disease and condition is important. Um, but what I love to do, like I, I love what I love to do with clients is just talk to them about, first of all, what do you want? What's your, what are your goals? You know, what are your top three or five goals? Some women have five, some have three. You know, what are the main things that you want from this? this time together that we're going to spend um, for your health or for yourself, you know, in regards to endometriosis. And so we start there, you know, we look forward, we look at a moving forward point in the distance that, that we, I, and then we chunk it up, you know, this is coaching 101. We, we look at goals and then we chunk them up and say, okay, let's work towards this. Let's, take the first step, you know, and so we're always looking at progression. We're always looking at moving forward. And one thing I do at the beginning of every session with a client is we talk about wins. What are your wins? What if, what's been great? You know, it can be the smallest thing. Um, you know, it might be that they ordered a supplement <laughs> or it might be that they had an Epsom salts bath, you know, um, it does not matter. Or it might have been that they bought the Epsom salts for the bath. You know, it, it can be anything like that. But it's it's this. I'm moving in a direction that is away from these this this the symptoms. Yeah, and I and think that's. Condition. Yeah, I think that's so important to name in terms of like everyone's goals are so different. Everyone's coming at this from a really different perspective, um, a different stage. You know, some people might be very much into wellness already. Some people are just, you know, dipping their toe in. Um, so it's it's a really important thing to name that our, all our goals are going to be different depending where we're starting. And I think that's 
really important in terms of what the work that you're doing because you can add this language to people again if we come back to that that is this positive um empowering language that supports people into the journey so that that for me is really exciting because I think I didn't have that either so I'm really excited for the people that are working with you to have that thanks so much yeah it's I I get excited every time I get a new client (laughs) it's just the most thrilling feeling and they're excited too I generally don't it doesn't often take much motivation I don't have to often motivate clients. They're they're up they're up for it most of the time. <laughs> Once they've shown I, up, they're there. Yeah, yeah, I think if they've shown up, you know, that is a massive step. You know, and I mm. think I would I that's where I often put out encouragements on social media is that's what I that first big step is show up for yourself. You know, um, there is hope, there is support, there is a different way other than, you know, surgeries or um, dr- um, drugs and and um, hormonal birth control and, yeah. So there are other options and you can take back control. You can. You are not, you are not a victim to this condition, this disease. Yeah. And it can be those, like, little micro things, you know, as you said, you chop them up and it, yeah. you maybe bought the Epsom salts and, that is a win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think another big win around the whole space is just the education. Um, I have a lot of women who put down as their goal, I just want to know, firstly, A, I want to know about the disease because they don't know anything about the condition. So that's the first thing. They may have been through the through the medical sort of shoot and funneled down here or funneled down there, but they still don't know anything. Um, and secondly, they want to educate themselves so that they can then advocate for themselves. So that's often really a common um, goal, and I love that goal so much. <laughs> you um you touched on the contraceptive pill and um you know all these kind of methods that are sometimes offered to women who are experiencing endo and I just I guess like maybe speak to that a little bit more as like when it might be a good treatment option and when it might be a bit problematic um I know for me personally after surgery they were really pushing to put that marina in and luckily I had a bit of support along the way to kind of make that choice for myself um but yeah I think this education piece is really important so maybe even just touching on those methods and those options that we are given throughout these um throughout the kind of uh diagnosis or the the treatment process of endometriosis would be really nice to hear yeah yeah look that is often after surgery they'll they'll recommend the marina and I, I guess I guess the first thing to say is that hormonal birth control is not actually a treatment for endometriosis I think that's really important to to mention it can help with some symptoms for some women and um you know, and some women I'm working with are on hormonal birth control or have a marina inserted um, or an IUD of some kind. Um, and 
they are happy with that and that is fine. It's all about knowing, I guess it's just education around that. Mm. Um, but I do let them know that, that it is not actually a treatment and that it can also be a bit of a Band-Aid. Like, you know, we don't, it's, it's basically, we don't know what's going on until we lift that back up and see what your symptoms are. And so um, having someone who is cycling is really helpful to work with just because I can really see the condition for what it is and how it is affecting them. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to ask them to put themselves in a great degree. If, the, if they are on the marina and it's working and the marina, you know, they are cycling. It can cycle up to 80% of the time on the marina. So it can be the best sort of option um, if it suits that person. I mean, I have a lot of women who struggle with it so much and they have it in for a few months and they have to have it taken out. Um, the body often doesn't really enjoy having it in there and will reject it. Um, some women just feel they don't feel right on it. They can't quite put a name or <laughs> sort of language around it, but they're just like, no, I, I'm not feeling good. Um with it inserted so it is it is around it is personal um but I just make sure that they have all of the information about side effects about you know that what endometriosis is is an immune dysfunction disease we need to be looking at it from an immune perspective perspective and from an inflammation perspective and from a, a bacterial driver perspective not from a yes hormones come into it but it's not a hormonal disease like PCOS is. And often you see endo and PCOS get lumped together, often discussed together, I guess, because they're both sort of seen as women's um, gynecological diseases. But, you know, endo is not a gynecological disease either. It's a whole body disease. It's a systemic disease. So it's really interesting. We're sort of catching up with research. Um, yeah. And look, the pill can work. Um, it can help some women who've had extreme pain. They they're placed on the, a pill that actually does work for them, and it takes away that pain for them. But my, I all, I'm always asking, like, what do you want for the future as well? Do you want to have children? Because at some stage you'll then have to come off hormonal birth control, and we'll be back at square one. So. You know, there's, there's factors there to think about. The other thing I like to re remind them of is that the hormonal birth control, um, the disease can continue to progress while you're on hormonal birth control. I think a lot of women think that they've halted it, um, but that's not the case necessarily. Um, endo, endometriosis lesions um have their own blood supply, they root down. Once they've become a fully formed um, endometriosis cell, it roots down and creates its own blood supply and, and has, you know, it's, has very sensitive to estrogen, not at all, hardly any progesterone receptors, and it has its own source of estrogen. It produces estrogen. So we've got, we've still got estrogen occurring in the body and driving um, this lesion. But it's not just that that's driving endo. It's immune dysfunction. It's inflammation. 
Um, and this is why women, some women on the pill, it doesn't make any difference to them for some of them, you know. And so um, I just like to remind, like I, I like to let them know that, you know, it's not a treatment for endometriosis. Um, so, yeah, and that that all is a part of the piece of the picture of the education around around the disease. Yeah, yeah I like I like that you shared that because I know I remember when my GP was talking to me about my decision around um, the hormonal marina and she's like, you need to ask yourself, Tanya, about your quality of life. She's like, mm -hmm. are you she was kind of saying, are you going to like uh, make your quality of life worse because of some belief you have and, you know, values that you have? And can you just really like um look at this like from an outsider's point of view with no like kind of emotion and just be like what quality of life do I want and like what's going to serve me and I was like I liked that she offered that perspective um you know just to say like she wasn't pushing it for or against she was yeah. really just saying just some people find that their quality of life ends up being better with this so something to think of but I want to say here is your quality of life with the natural holistic therapeutic element can those treatments can give you the same quality of life as maybe what yeah. she was thinking the marina was going to give me yeah. you know it costs yeah. me more financially mm. yes but like I feel healthier I'm more connected to my cycle my femininity my um I'm more in charge of my health I'm not putting an external kind of substance or blocker or toxin you know it's a hormone but into my body and also I like how you're saying it's like it's not a treatment it's not a hormonal condition so why treat it with hormones just like pregnancy isn't going to treat the condition because that's hormonal and this is a <laughs> immune exactly. dysfunction and inflammatory condition so um yeah I just want to layer on that I have had a lot of um improvement in, in my conditions through the natural therapies and I think to the level, the same probably level that something, if if it was to have worked for me, would have offered, you know? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And it really does. Like, it really can make a massive, massive difference. And, and I, I don't even say can. It, it, it's logical that it does when we're talking about holy, if we're talking about diet, if we know that this is an immune dysfunction disease and it's inflammatory, what what are we putting into our bodies that might be inflammatory? What can we put into our bodies that's anti-inflammatory? Like that just makes complete sense, right? From a very that I'm just talking about diet here, which is a huge piece of the part of that that holistic endo um, um, uh, sort of program. But yeah, it's um, it makes sense. <laughs> I think I a lot of a lot of clients and want to get more information, but they're not getting much more from the medical system. And I, look, when we see the, the GPs and doctors, and some of them are amazing, I, I really don't want to be slating them at all. But, um, you know, some are really great, but a lot of them are even quite honest to clients and say, look, I don't know. <laughs> and I always respect them so much, the ones that say that, or they'll say, this is all we have right now to, to offer. And really, it is very limited. It's surgery. Um, and then even within the realms of surgery, there's, <laughs> there's all these different, <laughs> I guess you would say, 
some surgeries are as they should be, you know, they're, they're, you know, carried out by endo specialist surgeons and others are carried out by, you know, OBGYNs who don't really understand the disease and have that specialist understanding. So, um, you know, so there is surgery and then there is hormonal birth control or, or sort of just dr drugs for pain, pain relief. But this is what the medical system will offer. I have clients that want to keep going back and saying, uh, just wanting more and trying to see if there's something more that will be offered and they get given another drug and then they come back to me and go, Joe, why did they offer me another drug? And I said, this is their scope. This is the scope, you know, of the medical system. It's, it's um, you know, it's <laughs> unfortunately it's not a holistic medical system that, that we have. Um, so it's very rarely, I don't even, there's probably one or two GPs that I know of that will mention diet to their clients, to their patients. So, mm. yeah, there's a really big gap. And I think a lot of women just don't know that there is more. And so mm. they, they do these things because they think this is all that's on offer. And I, my heart goes out to that. I mean, I, I was there. <laughs> I was saying to myself, you know, when after I was diagnosed, is this is this all there is? You know, do I have to, have to come back in two years for another surgery to, to maintain my health with this disease? So, yeah. you know, and there's women coming in who 12 surgeries in a row, five surgeries in a row, eight surgeries in a row, you know. Wow. Um, I also want to just mention, I guess, like from my perspective and my experience, um, this idea of, when you kind of come up against a choice, um, you know, for me it was like, do I get the marina? I know Tanya has touched on that as well. But, like, I think you mentioned this at the beginning, Joe, about really living in our bodies, knowing our bodies, and so often our bodies tell us the direction to go in. So often our body will be like, mm, something doesn't feel quite right about this choice that I'm about to make. Um, and I think in experience, in my experience, there have been like GPs or specialists that maybe, you know, stick to their guns and, you know, that's all they have, as you were saying, like these are the tools in their toolkit. Um, but often that's not the tool I need or wasn't the tool I needed to kind of advocate or feel right in my body. And I just want to mention and say and speak to the fact that it's okay if that's not the choice for you because there are these other routes and paths of holistic health that might feel more comfortable or um, they just click a little bit more with where you're at um, and that's at least been my experience and I've had to find that in my own way but, um, yeah, I just I think it's like more for me, like maybe giving my own experience and my own understanding of where I have been at. It's like it's okay if that option isn't your option. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think I, I where my heart is is I guess it's the awareness that there are other options that there is a holistic pathway that you can or holistic measures you can in, implement. I do think many of the women that I've worked with, um, some of them have found me on um, endometriosis, um, Sydney endometriosis 
website because I'm on the team there. And they just had no idea that 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 they could sort of support their endometriosis wellness um, holistically. They just they they just thought their only choices were either you know drugs or or a, a surgery. And so I, this is this is an element, I guess, that yeah. When we do a little bit of re when we start to do some research, we can see this. But if we're following along this pathway of that, we get sort of I talk about it as the shoot or the sh <laughs> we get funneled along often in the system. Um, and yeah, it's 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 it, it, it. My heart goes out to to that space because I yeah I want them to know that there are other options. Yeah. So that yeah, they can and hopefully just by having this conversation we're opening yeah. the door to that yeah. um i guess like as someone i who, just want to add something yeah. as well yeah, yeah i think please. what you were saying joe as well is part of the bigger picture conversation around healthcare and around how we look at healthcare and how most of the population they look at healthcare as gp and that's it but all we are multifaceted human beings and we can't put all of our um, eggs in one basket. And when I look at healthcare, I look at a naturopath and a GP working in tandem, you know, working together, a holistic approach where they have mastered the knowledge and the skill set and the tools in one field. And then this other person, the medical model, has mastered the skills, the knowledge, the tools in another world. And I don't expect either of them to know what the other's doing because that's a lot of knowledge for one person. Oh, to yeah. need to hold like to bear all of that like and, and they're it, not going to be as specialized if they know it all <laughs> yeah you know? it's very i don't think there is a person who holds all no. of that maybe there's a few Leia heckman maybe <laughs> and so yeah it's kind of like how are we looking at our bodies how are we, are we being raised to look at our bodies what is the kind of global idea of health and like can we actually start to reframe for ourselves actually why do i not have a naturopath or a holistic health coach and a GP, always, yeah. you know. And this is, this is, yeah, I 100% agree with that. And um, having a, a good team around you is key to endo wellness. It's something I say over and over again. You know, part of a co being a coach is having good quality referrals, and you know that's something I offer to clients as well. Um, so good quality refer referrals to good endometriosis specialist surgeons you know I'm not against surgery at all just making sure that it's the right type of endometriosis that's being um, first of all you know you have the right type of endometriosis for surgery because sometimes it gets made worse from surgery mm. and secondly making sure it's an endo specialist surgeon who is performing the surgery with you know with the right amount of time needed for that sort of complexity and also the right um methods as well so excision and not ablation and making sure that you know if it is on the bowel that they've had the right scan previously and that there's someone who's a bowel surgeon in the room as well or you know someone who's working you know having this this sort of that kind of team just from a surgery point of view um and then of course you know other like you know acupuncture is incredible for endometriosis you know having a really good acupuncturist or a, you know traditional Chinese medicine practitioner um, and you know looking at 
having a good pelvic floor physio, um, having someone who can, I mean, I work with food and um, supplements, but, you know, you mentioned a naturopath as well who can look at your bloods as well and have a really good close look at that and what's going on. And so it's, yeah, having a, a multimodal team and we talk about it's a multifaceted disease. I know, Tanya, you said that a few times. And therefore, we need a multimodal approach because it is affecting all these different systems. Yeah, I think that's something I realised in the end. And I have a really great team as well um, that just has, like, carried me through um, into, like, all the stages of life as well. Um, so it feels like what Tanya has said around, like, needing that new perspective on what healthcare looks like is so crucial into and also like at the center of that sits yourself yes so at the end of the day you're the one kind of making the choices um putting the things in your body showing up for appointments showing up for coaching you know taking those leaps into those different areas so you you whoever is that's listening always have the the choice of yes or no and how good that feels how empowering oh, it is to be like yeah it's like I'm doing all these things for my body and taking care of myself and like I've got this awesome team that are also on board like and I am the the decider yeah it's really cool yeah it's, it's that's an amazing feeling especially when you've been very sick or very unwell yeah yeah. So, Joe, as someone who, you know, has got all the tools and all the knowledge at their disposal when it comes to managing endometriosis, we'd love to know and we'd love you to share with our listeners, what does endometriosis look like for you today in your day-to-day -day life? And what do you still continue to do, like daily, weekly, monthly, mm. to manage it and maintain your wellness? Yeah. Great question. Um, what does it look like for me today? Well... <laughs> To be honest, I mean, I've been pain-free for a very long time. I mean, pain was my biggest symptom. Um, and so I've been pain-free for a very, very long time. So that's, to me, endometriosis for me, I just, it, I, if I think about it in my life today, it's more about management. It's, it's more about, I think I don't even think management, I think health, wellness, vitality. <laughs> I'm always thinking, how can I provide my body with what it needs for these things, um, knowing that my body needs extra support. Um, so I would say consistency <laughs> is a really big <laughs> element. Um, I'm very consistent with um, what I, I found the things I've sort of, you know, obviously I've coached myself in a way. I found the things I know work for me, the movement that works best for me. So I move my body every day. I've found this, I, well, I know the supplements that I need to provide my body with. Um, and so I take them every day. Um, I know the foods that my body needs to be nourished and to lower that inflammation and also the ones that my body really does not <laughs> want <laughs> um, right now. And I will say that things can change over time. Um, you know, my body can cope maybe with this much of this food and no more or, you know, um, it's a matter of me knowing, getting to really listen in, and I know, Aggie, you talked about that, really listening into my body and really being um, very in tune um, 
And loving, loving my body and being amazed by my body every day about what it actually does for me every day and how it shows up for me every day, Mm. every single second. So there's this, yeah, for me it's around it it's around a real love of 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 my body and um of wellness and showing up for myself and being consistent to support that um being part of that process really being part of the obviously the process to to allow it to do what it needs to do um and yeah so i would say yeah and look i won't lie endo I have had, like, in terms of endometriosis, things have been wonderful since I started implementing a holistic um, um, program for myself for many, 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 many years. But, you know, there are co-conditions. So I had a co-condition crop up a few years ago, which was SIBO, which is the bacterial driver. You know, most every woman, I think, I've worked with has a bacterial driver which drives their endo, whether it's gut or vaginal. Generally, they're the two places, but it, I'm sure they all begin in the gut. And you know, for me, that was really hard. I think I don't know if it was triggered from having COVID or having a vaccine or what. What? Who knows? A big stressful period. Might I don't know, but it 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 flared. And so I've spent the last couple of years working <laughs> to sort of figure that out and figure out the SIBO, which is, a, you know, up to 80% of women with endo do have SIBO, so which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So that's been another journey for me. And, you know, I'm now reaching a place <laughs> where I'm, I'm feeling like, great, I've, I've sort of, I understand what my body needs for that. So it, mm. it can be a long, ongoing journey. It might not always be smooth sailing once you've started to figure out what your body needs and how you can support it there are turns and bumps in the in the road but um there is so much that so much that we can do for ourselves um and not just from a disease management perspective but from a disease um so, so actually supporting the, the slowing down of the disease and the reduction of the disease. And I do want to say that it's important. A lot of people just talk about holistic wellness as a sort of a management of the symptoms, but it's not just symptom management, it's disease management too. We can actually halt this disease. Um, and, you know, they're starting to talk about it very in very similar terms to cancer now and not to sort of scare anyone because it's not cancer but it's the cells and how the creation of an endo cell comes about is very similar to cancer so Mm. it the cell grows and progresses over time to make it a fully formed endo cell and so you know we can put ourselves into remission endo can go into remission it can reduce um and I've seen this with clients, you know, they go back for a scan. We have these lovely endometriosis scans now and we can measure the lesions and the cysts and we can see that they reduce. So it's fantastic. Oh, I don't know about these scans. I've been so out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, if anyone's in Sydney, I highly recommend Omni. O-M-N-I, from, they're also called Sydney Endometriosis. I'm actually on the team with their, they've got a very holistic team there, but, um, and a multimodal team. But 
um, they are sonographers and there's also, um, well, they're all the sonographers are gynecologists and they do what's called, it used to be called a deep endometriosis scan and now it's just called an endometriosis scan. So <laughs> if you are needing a scan for endometriosis, anyone listening, it's really important not just to get a general ultrasound. Um, you, you'll probably only see a cyst if you have an endometrioma on your ovary if you take one of those scans. So having a, an endometriosis scan is really very helpful. They can see the lesions, they can measure them, they can see if you've got anything that's obstructing the ovaries, so sticking to the back of the pelvic wall from the ovaries. They can test all of that. They can check for adenomyosis and they can see any other things in a scan like a fibroid or anything like that as well. Check the, the thickness and the, the, the tilt of your uterus. So, yeah, it's amazing. They do That's a lot. so exciting. Oh. <laughs> Go get one. <laughs> it's so good. I haven't had one, but I'm like, that's awesome. I definitely know. had the deep, the deep one, but I don't know if, if it was that advanced at the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's exciting to know that there are other ways to kind of capture a diagnosis these yeah. days. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of people just say, no, no, this, you know, surgery is still the only way. But um, I think our, we have to understand that technology is really progressing very quickly in this area. And with the skilled hands of a, a, the right person who's a sonographer, we can see so much. And, you know, the good surgeons want to have these scans done um, before surgery um, because obviously it can save you from having more than one surgery firstly. And secondly, you can have the right people in the room for your surgery if you have endo on the bowel or something like yeah. that. Fun fact, I, I was, um, my surgery was conducted by a robot. Oh, <laughs> surgery, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a last minute thing. And I was like, sure, I was very, I was a lot younger and a lot more less caring of what happened. But um, yeah, it was just interesting, like, yeah, to, to have that, that experience. <laughs> Was that with Dr. Michael Cooper? Did you? Oh gosh, I, I, it wasn't him, but I think maybe my surgeon was um, like under him or mentored by him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had a little little amazing. robot. <laughs> Technology, amazing. Yeah. Um, I think we might um ask you our final question, which is, how do you drop into your truth, Joe? How do you, you know, listen, I think is something that we've kind of been talking about, but listen to your body, the calls that are being asked of you. Um, yeah, what are the things that you do to do to listen, to drop in? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I take some time out. I, I think time is really critical. Stress is a big trigger for endo and and often those of us who are rushing around, not taking any time out for ourselves, really suffer greatly. Um, time to sort of drop into your body. I talk a lot I talk a lot about this. I'm actually a Wimhara massage practitioner as well, and I'm also finishing off my um, yoni steaming. 
um, practitioner training as well. And these are very sort of deeply um, sort of practices that allow us to sort of really connect in with the body. Um, but I think just, you know, just placing, I, I tend to do a lot of placing my hands on my body. Like I'm often putting my hand on my heart and my womb. Um, and just, I talk to myself a lot. I talk to my body a lot. <laughs> I tell my clients this a lot and they, I think they find it quite amusing, but I really do. I really talk a lot to my body. I love it a lot. I, I tell it how amazing it is. I ask it what it wants to tell me, you know, you know, and I, and I sort of stop and I listen and I put hands on my body. I find hands on womb and hands on heart very helpful. Um, so I do a lot of that. I also run. It's my form of movement. It doesn't work for everyone with endo. I know that. But for me, it is my form of movement and I do that every day. It's my time with myself. I don't do it for fi fitness, although it has a, that's a very nice side effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do it to, to, to be in the body, um, to listen to the th – that's where all my big thoughts come up when I'm running as well. Um, thoughts about where I might, you know, what I need to do for myself, um, what I might need to do for the business, um, how I need to connect in again, um, where I'm needed, those sorts of things. Um, and then I also have moments of just offering up complete surrender, <laughs> often on the floor of an <laughs> infrared sauna, <laughs> often <laughs> seems to be the place. <laughs> and I just let things all come out and offer them up um, and just say, you know, what's next? You know, what do I need to know? So they're, they're sort of ways I drop in. It has to, yeah, for me that's that works. That's sort of thank you. me. <laughs> thank you, Joe. That was beautiful. Um, thank you so much for being here today, Joe. We have loved having you. It's been so informative. Um, your work is really just such a gift to this, this world and this community um, and the world of endometriosis and we are we need you so much yeah in this world right now and so from the bottom of our hearts we want to just say thank you so much for all that you do and where can people find you how can they work with you um your website your socials and your programs tell yeah, us yeah thank you so much and thank you ladies i want to say thank you for what you do as well it's really 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 important so thank you um you can find me at joe lincoln wellness Dot com. That's my website. So Lincoln is spelled L-I-N-C-O-L-N-E. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram, to be honest, um, at Joe Lincoln Wellness and also on Facebook under the same at Joe Lincoln Wellness. Um, and my program. So just if anyone's interested, I run a, it's now a 10 session program. It used to be nine, but I had to add in a session <laughs> on bacterial drivers because it was just too massive not to, to have it in there. So it's a 10-session program. Um, and what I cover, and this is the program I take women through. So it really it runs over 20 weeks, sometimes 30 weeks, depending on the woman's availability. Um, and it runs over so a big chunk of time that's important to carry and journey with someone over this time. And we look at the foundations um, of endo wellness. So I take them through those foundational um, 
holistic wellness elements. Um, and it's also, yeah, we do coaching in that time as well. So I, we know we talk about your goals, um, chunk them up, as I mentioned, figure out what your roadblocks are, um, look at what's, you know, how we can make it achievable. Um, accountability comes into that as well and lots and lots and lots and lots of encouragement so and a lot of education as well so yeah amazing sounds like everything I needed back in the day (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what I I I basically created the course based on what I wanted when I was diagnosed and yeah yeah, there there you go so good if you if you are yeah I highly recommend working with Joe folks yeah you're such thank you for being just such a light of hope for this world this community and being on our show and we'll share those links in the show notes for you beautiful thank you so much I really appreciate it thank you everyone